Good morning, everybody. I wanted to just quickly remind you, if you love B2B SaaS and you're loving all these CEOs I have on, remember, you can get all of their data in a big, beautiful spreadsheet at gitlatka.com. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. So I hope you're enjoying the month. I love December. I love the holidays. And here is our program for today. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Pete Lamson, and he is the founder and CEO of a company called Jazz HR, responsible for Jazz's strategic direction, performance, and day-to-day business operations. He's a results-oriented executive with a 25-year history of a strategic, uh, metrics-driven approach to accelerated revenue focus on the global small business market. He's got deep experience in B2B high-velocity customer acquisition as well. Pete, are you ready to take us to the top? Uh, I am, although one quick correction, I, I, I wish I was the founder. I'm not, I am the CEO, but, uh, uh, I, uh, I was not the founder of Jazz Well, good. Well, I can't wait to, I can't wait to dive into that story. A transition from the founder to a, to a CEO is always an interesting one. Uh, so tell us what the company does and, and how you make money. What's the revenue model? So, um, uh, Jazz HR, uh, was founded and, and exists today to help small businesses who have between 25 and 50 employees, um, achieve more effective recruiting results. And I think we've all uh, worked in environments where companies uh, recruit using an antiquated uh, recruiting process, which usually is some hodgepodge of email inboxes, um, uh, Excel documents, um, uh, or Excel sheets, Word documents, and so forth. Um, and it's very manual. It's, it's, uh, it's cumbersome at best. And Jazz HR is a very simple uh, easy to use tool, highly affordable, um, that is designed to, uh, uh, allow our customers to make better hires faster. And what's your business model? So, um, we sell through, we're a SaaS model. Uh, so it's a software as a service. Uh, we sell through a combination of, of an inside sales model through our direct team. And we have indirect partnerships with both small and large players in the HR community who offer Jazz HR to their small business customers as well. Give me an example of one of those partners, one that you're really proud of. So we have a great partnership with a company called Namely, for example, you may be familiar with. Um, They have a terrific comprehensive HR platform that they offer to their customers. And they have the ability, their Namely's customers have the ability to purchase um, uh, Jazz HR uh, through the Namely platform. Another example would be perhaps a company a little less known, although very large in, in scope and scale. It's a company by the name of Prism HR. They service the PEO industry, the professional employment organization 
um, uh, industry. They have approximately 85,000 customers under management. Um, and later this fall, uh, their 85,000 SMBs will be able to purchase Jazz HR through the Prism HR platform. And how do you incentivize these folks? Is it just, you know, a 10, 20, 30% cut or something like that, or a flat fee or just a partnership quid pro quo? Yeah, so um, uh, there is an ongoing revenue share in perpetuity. So as long as a customer of theirs is a customer of ours, uh, every dime that that we jointly earn uh, or that we the, the value we create together, uh, they share in that. That's great. And give us a sense of your kind of average customer size. On average, what are they paying you per month? So our average customer pays us about $200 per month. Um, our products start as low as just $39 a month. Um, go up to as high as a little over about 349 per month. We average 200 or about 2400 per year. That's great. And tell me more kind of about the backstory here, because you corrected me in the beginning. You said you're the CEO, not the founder. So what year did the founders uh, found the company in? And then talk to me about the transition to you as CEO. Sure. So uh, Jazz HR was founded in 2009 by a, a very talented entrepreneur by the name of Don Charlton, um, uh, who remains on our board to this day. And uh, I came on board um, in December of 2015 as CEO. Uh, the business had grown rapidly under Don's leadership and vision, uh, and we continue to benefit from that. Um, and I, I, like I said, I came on a little over a year and a half or so ago. And walk me through, I mean, was that, uh, has the company been bootstrapped or did you come in with a capital raise? You were an EIR at a VC firm or some, something like that? Yeah, so the, uh, the company was venture-backed prior to my arrival and, and still is to this day, and we have uh, raised an additional round subsequent to my joining the company. How much total raised? I'm sorry? How much total has been raised? Uh, 20 million. Okay. And how much was the round that you led when you were CEO? Uh, 6.5. 6.5. Okay. Sorry. And I cut you off. Keep going. That's all right. And, um, and so it was venture backed still is, um, and, uh, and like I said, under Don's leadership, the business had grown rapidly and our charge now is to, um, continue to uh, accelerate our growth, which is wonderfully happening. Um, we've expanded our go-to-market strategy beyond direct acquisition into indirect, uh, both strategic alliances and we and what we call channel. Our, our, our channel is the ability for uh, small players in the HR space, such as recruiters or HR consultants, um, to offer jazz uh, uh, to their customers as well. So we expanded our go-to-market. We're increasing our new customer acquisition velocity. And the other thing we're really doing is focusing on lifetime value. Um, uh, you, you know, you can sell anybody anything once, but you don't have a business until they renew, especially the SaaS model. As, and, you're, as you're putting some of these plans together, currently, what do you kind of back the napkin think your lifetime value is in terms of dollars and what are you trying to grow it to? Yeah, so... Um, uh, our, the average customer stays with us for about nine years right now. Um, and, uh, and how do you I'm get gonna, that number? Can you teach us there how you get that? Uh, well, that it, it's, a, that's simple math by looking at retention metrics, uh, over time and projecting out, um, uh, you know, assuming our, our current, uh, retention metrics, which we, uh, we, we believe will continue to improve, but even if they stayed flat with where they are today, the average customer is staying with us for about nine years. If I follow that logic correctly, I mean, you're looking at sub 1% monthly logo churn. When you take one divided by 0.01, that gives you about 100 months of lifetime value or close to nine years. Is that kind of how yeah, you're getting about, it? That's about right. It's, it's crit when we have listening posts for not only prospective customers, which is, of course, critical, um, but for our existing customers as well, and really paying attention to um, – product utilization, how they use our products, what delights them, what feedback they're giving from uh, to our uh, success team, our, our customer support team in terms of wishes and needs 
that we don't cover. And all of those things are then cataloged, prioritized, and make their way as appropriate onto our future product roadmap. Now, uh, Pete, am I correct here? If you've got 108 months of lifetime and the value of that lifetime is is 200 bucks per month, I mean, you're looking at a twenty, almost $21,000 of lifetime value there. You, but you said you feel like you need to grow that? Uh, uh, yes, we can. We will, we will not grow our price point. I don't, I don't, we will not grow by ARPU, but we can continue to, um, to improve the LTV of a customer. How do you, how do you do that? If you're not driving expansion revenue through upsells, thus increasing the ARPU? Um, well, we, again, our, our base products will stay the same, but as we move, as w- one of the things where we've gotten pretty good at doing is moving our customers up our, our, our product and our pricing and packaging plan stack. Yeah. So you may came on a particular product, so you may you may move up. But You'll what sell we them more do, stuff. No question. But we will not be increasing our pricing of the stuff that we sell them. Got it. That makes perfect sense. And is that number correct? Right now, you and in your projections and Excel sheets, you assume lifetime value is about 21000 bucks. Well, again, we don't share that number precisely, but that's a little bit high. Okay, got it. Now, the, the reason I try to nail down that number is because I want to get in your head and understand how you think about CAC. So how do you think about what you can spend to acquire a customer relative to the lifetime value? So... Um, uh, right now, uh, we want to be, uh, we think about CAC to LTV ratio, which is kind of, I think what you're getting at. Um, we aspire to be north of three. Um, uh, we have just gotten there, um, uh, a, a couple of quarters ago. And so right now we're about three and a half. So we feel very comfortable, um, assuming our funnel metrics hold pouring more dollars into the top of the funnel so we can turn the crank and have more customers spit out at the bottom. Um, and, but our, our benchmark is if we can keep our CAC to LTV, um, uh, three or better, we're, we're, in, we're in pretty good shape. As I'm traveling the world on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know guys hear it, I'm closing loads of different deals, whether it's buying a company, closing a new account for gitlatka.com, you name it, I've got to do it. And part of my issue is signing documents while I'm on the road. So I just found this new tool. I'm using it pretty aggressively. It's called Sign Easy. So you can get started for free at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. You'll see contracts that I've signed there and boy, oh boy, are they big and they work and the app is so easy to use. Get started today at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. Now, LTV to CAC kind of ratios can get you in deep, deep trouble if it takes you a long time to recover the CAC, even if the, even if the ratio is healthy. So, so what is your payback period? Do you try and get it back in six months, two months, 12 months? Yeah, um, we'd like to be 12 or better. Right now, we're just north of 12. It is coming down, but we're just north of 12. That's, I mean, that's still pretty healthy. So, I mean, if you, even if you call it 13 months, and uh, and again, if you got folks paying 200 bucks a month, that's 2,600 bucks the first 13 months. So that means you're spending on CAC about 2,600 bucks, which is which is healthy if, if you're making about three and a half times that on lifetime value. Yeah. Interesting. What's a weird thing, Pete, you guys have done to acquire customers, not paid, not inbound marketing, a really weird thing you've tried and it worked well. It surprised you. Um, so great question. I, uh, I think the strangest thing we have tried, um, is, uh, incentivized demo product demos, which I'll admit I was, uh, skeptical. Yeah. You know, Hey, you know, as I was try anything, right. And this is your, sa- you this it, is your head of sales going, Pete, let me give out a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Just let me do it. And you're like, what the hell? Why not? Well, you know, and it's one of those, if the math works, you, you, you know, you would, uh, you'd keep doing it. Right. And, and I was skeptical. And what we learned was 
we we were driving incentivized demos and to receive the the gift card the prospective customer does have to respond show up actually attend a demo it's not just signing up for one and, and go through it with our salesperson and then we send them a, a gift card for how much um, about three i'm sorry how much is the gift card uh, we have tested both 25 and 50 dollars. they both work the same that's oh that's interesting and where is it too it's just like a generic visa kind of gift card or what uh, amazon gift card amazon interesting and um and what we learned was about three months post doing this um the numbers were lousy and we said kill it now this is why Whenever you're running this kind of a test, test, both the numbers and the narrative matter. The numbers were not favorable. Looking at purely based on the numbers, we should kill it, which we did. The narrative was, was the response I was getting from our, our head of sales and directly from our sales floor was these, le- these opportunities, these demos are good. They are real. They're just more top of funnel. It's going to take these leads longer to close, but we have no reason to think they're not going to close. So we, after about three months, we killed it. We went back and looked about three months later, and lo and behold, there was a home run. That cohort had started converting into paid customers. That's right. So what we learned was, okay, um, as long as the math still works, yes, they're going to spend a little bit more longer time from uh, in the incubation phase, if you will, but the math still holds. The CAC is still favorable. So we have subsequently turned it back on again, and it's working well. And how many customers are you serving now today? Uh, we have approximately 3,000 customers. 3,000. That's amazing. And are you are you shifting the cohort, the kind of customer you're going after? Or do you feel like the pool that you're currently kind of mining or swimming in is large enough where you can expand that 3,000 pretty rapidly? So we, we have gotten laser focused on sort of the classic product market fit questions, right? What problem are you solving? For who? How many of them are there? Why will they buy? And why will they buy from us? And we have learned that we do really well with companies that are between approximately 25 to 500 employees. If we get above that, the kind of the enterprise recruiting solution, that's been solved by some really good, you know, really good companies. I mean, there's Taleo, there's Isims, that others that do really well at enterprise. At the same time on the sub 25 market called the very small businesses, if you will, there are players that do that very well. Um, we stick to our knitting. If we stay focused on where we win, our, 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 our numbers stay great. Our customers are happy. And so we're staying focused in that market. There are, uh, there are literally millions of companies in that size in the United States. So we got, you know, we got 3000, we got a long way to go before we begin to get any kind of market saturation and most exciting or the thing that we're, we're, uh, gives us really an encouragement about our continued acceleration is that in the market, in that market, 90% of that market has no recruiting solution in place other than Word docs and spreadsheets and email inbox management. And and yet they all will say, they'll all talk about when, when we chat with them in our market research, how important recruiting is to them. So if we can offer a very affordable, power, powerful, easy to use solution, we think we've got great room to grow. Yep. Now you told me 3,000 customers, $200 yep. ARPU on average. It's fair to say you guys are doing around 600 grand in monthly revenue? Yes. Yep. And what's your, how do you think about growth coming in as a CEO? The company is a couple years old now. Are you trying to double year over year? Are you tripling year over year? What do you want to hit by December, 2017 in terms of ARR run rate? Yeah. So, um, uh, we have a lofty goal of getting to 25,000 paid customers by the, uh, end of 2020. We're at 3000 now. Oh, that's interesting. And and so our focus here, well, revenue of course matters and bottom line matters. Of course, 
Um, our primary focus is let's bring customers on board. Let's let the, the way to build enterprise value is we want to have a large number of small businesses uh, uh, that are paying Jazz HR um, to help them address their recruiting needs. And if we've got 25,000 paid customers, um, again, no, it's not that revenue doesn't matter. Of course it does, but that's going to create material enterprise value. And that's our primary focus. Can you give me though, Pete, a sense of growth? So if you're at around 600 yeah. this month, what were you like December of 2016? Uh, so we were, uh, again, I'm going to be a little bit cagey on numbers, but right now our, our net new MRR is growing, uh, in Q2, it grew north of 600%. Uh, in Q3, we're growing at probably about 500%, maybe a little under that. Um, so, uh, so and, again, like, do you growth, think, do you think you'll pass like by, by December this year, maybe like 700, 750 grand in MRR? Yes. You think so? Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Last question here. What's your team size? Uh, we have about 60 employees, 60 employees. And where are y'all based? We are, 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 we have two offices. We're Pittsburgh and Waltham, Massachusetts, which is just outside of Boston. We've got uh, product engineering support, uh, finance, um, and some GNA in Pittsburgh. And the Massachusetts office is almost, almost entirely go to market. So sales, marketing, and biz dev. That's very cool. Pete, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? So uh, I, I, I'm going to give you two. I've actually just finished The Founder's Mentality uh, by James Zook, or, or by Chris Zook and James Allen, which is an enterprise-focused book, but it really applies to small businesses as well. And it's really about staying laser-focused on solving customer needs um, and problems and, and not losing sight of that, uh, of that customer mentality, customer-first mentality. My favorite, probably my go-to, is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, by Patrick Lencioni, um, which is really about about how the team is more important than individuals. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, hard to pick one. Uh, you know, there, there, you know, as as we all sort of self reflect and think about how we can be better, there's a number I look at. I'll give you uh, two of the sort of well known would be uh, one would be Andy Grove. Um, you know, his laser focus on execution as a differentiator, I think is critical. It's, it's, you know, while strategy matters, it does, um, execution, uh, is critical to growing any business. Um, and I really respect Jeff Weiner for his, um, for his kind of humanness and openness within the, within the LinkedIn customer base. Um, uh, more locally, there's two that, that I have had the good fortune of learning from. Uh, one is a gentleman by the name of Jeff Bennett, um, at name media and he spent time at Lycos and another is a guy by the name of Rick Libby, who I worked with, um, a company we sold uh, to monster, uh, years ago, but both of them really were very strong, emotional leaders, strong connections with their employees, having fun in the workplace while getting things done at the same time. Jeff at LinkedIn, obviously they're thinking a lot about recruiting. You're kind of playing in the same space. If Jeff and LinkedIn and Microsoft come to you and write you a, you know, $24 million check to buy the whole company, do you sell? No. All right. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Um, the one I'm, I'll give you two, uh, for professionally, uh, Owler, uh, which I use more and more for it, it's, it's terrific for company research, uh, for, especially for private companies to understand kind of all different metrics about, about, uh, uh, other SaaS businesses. Frankly, it helps us with some great benchmarking data. And on a personal side, I use the Orvis app for fly fishing every weekend. <laughs> Very cool. I love that. Bass. Uh, trout, trout. Very good. Yeah, I'm, All I'm, right. I'm, I'm too snooty for best. <laughs> Number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? 
I shoot for seven. I generally get there. All right. And what's your situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Uh, married, three kids. Three kids. And how old are you, Pete? I am 54. Amazing. All right. Last question. Take us back 34 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Yeah. I, it, it, uh, don't doubt yourself. Um, take chances. You're better than you think you are. Guys, there you have it from Pete. He joined the joined the founders of uh, a Jazz HR a few years ago. They've since gone on to raise more money, twenty million in the company so far. Team of sixty up there in Pittsburgh and uh, and Massachusetts, really focused on helping small businesses. They have a very specific sector they're going after: recruit and retain talent. They've got three thousand customers paying on average two hundred bucks a month, doing six hundred grand in monthly recurring revenue. Their goal is twenty five thousand customers by the uh, by the end of twenty twenty. Less than one percent monthly logo churn, $2,600 CAC, $9,100 LTV, about super healthy payback period at 13 months. Pete, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.